You're listening to a podcast from Catalyst Vineyard Church, Aberdeen. You can find out more about our church, as well as more talks on our website, catalyst.fin. But this morning, we are cracking straight on. We're going to dive straight into God's Word this morning. We're going to pray, but just before we do that, um, we recognise that this has been a historic week in the life of our nation. Um, our dear and beloved Queen passed away on Thursday. Um, and so we wanted to take a moment this morning, just before we do anything else, just to pray um, for all that is surrounding this moment for us as a nation. So why don't we do that together? Let's pray. And Jesus, we are so, so thankful for the life of our Queen. Lord, 70 years of doing anything is no mean feat. And we're so thankful for the way that our Queen served us so wonderfully and graciously and humbly for the way that she followed you, for the way that at Christmases often and frequently she brought your good news right into the hearts of our nations and living rooms all around as people watched her, uh, her Christmas speech. We're so thankful for her and the way that she um, graciously and with dignity um, maintained relationships with other countries, Lord, and brought unity in moments where there could have been um, distraction and breaking apart. We thank you that she was such an incredible queen, Lord, and we pray that as she joins you now, Lord, that you would welcome her with open arms. And we pray for those who mourn, Lord, we pray immediately for her family, Lord, we recognize that the loss of a loved one is um, horrendous in any moment, Lord, but when you have to do that in front of every camera and television station in the country, that must be even harder still. And so we pray your peace and your presence be with them, Lord. Would you give them space and time to mourn the loss of their mum and their gran and all that she was to everyone around her. And we pray for our nation as it mourns. Lord, would you join us as we mourn the passing of our queen, the woman who has led our country so brilliantly for so many years, Lord. Would you join those who mourn today? And then we also pray for our new king, Charles, as he steps into the throne, Lord. Those are big and difficult shoes to fill, Lord. And we pray that he wouldn't feel overwhelmed and that the job wouldn't feel too large, Lord. Would he know your presence with him? Would he know your goodness with him, Lord? Would he hear your voice speaking to him, Lord, as he steps into this new season of his life too? Would you bless him, Lord? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, this morning, we are carrying on in our series in Acts. We've been looking through the book of Acts for the last uh, almost a year now. Just we really want to understand what did the early church do that caused it to grow so quickly and that had so much power on it. We recognize that in the early church, wherever Paul and his apostles went, there was just powerful stuff happening. There was healings and um, evil spirits being cast out. And quite frequently in the book of Acts, it says, and their numbers grew by this many thousand. And I'm like, I, I want to know how that happens. And so we've been looking through the book of Acts um, looking at that very early church to see what can we learn from them for this moment here? What can we do to replicate the amazing things that we saw happen on the pages of the Bible? Acts chapter 19, and we're going to be looking from verse 11 to 22. 
And we're following on from where Libby left off the other week, where she um, told us about how Paul had first arrived in Ephesus and how he'd started preaching uh, in the lecture hall and that people were starting to come and ask questions and find out all about Jesus. And so today we pick up from that place. Paul is preaching in the lecture hall of Tyrannus and um, we're picking up the story here today. And all this passage that we're looking at today is all about finding freedom How do we find freedom and how do we bring freedom to others? How do we find true freedom physically, spiritually, emotionally? And how do we then go and bring that to others as people who carry the good news of Jesus? So we're going to do that together. Acts 19, verse 11 to 22. But let me just pray for us as we open the word this morning. Father God, we are desperate to hear from you. We want to be changed by you and molded by you and that we go into each week freshly hearing from you for what you have for us. And so as we open the word this morning, Lord, would you open our eyes, open our hearts, open our ears to see and hear and know exactly what you are doing today. Amen. So it's Acts chapter 19, and we're reading from verse 11 to 22. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to those who were ill, And their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all, and he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly, And when they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. After all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I've been there, he said, I must also visit Rome. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, while he stayed in the province of Asia a little longer. And so... Like this passage, I don't know about you, but when I read this passage, I get so excited. I see so much in this passage of the Lord's power at work and how that brings freedom to the world around us. And so we're just going to dive in today. And the first thing that I recognize in this passage is that we find freedom in the power of the Lord. We hear right at the start, the very first verse, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and evil spirits left them. And that's quite an unusual thing, isn't it? We don't hear about that happening very often in the Bible. Usually the mode um, of healing that happened so far is that Jesus would have laid hands on someone or the disciples would have put their hands on someone and then they would have been healed or they would have spoke directly to the illness and said, be gone in Jesus' name and they would have experienced healing. But here we see handkerchiefs and aprons being passed to people and they experience the power of the Lord and they're healed. And the only other place that we really see that happen is when the lady grabs out for Jesus' cloak where she's been bleeding for years and years and she just touches Jesus' cloak and she said, if only I can touch his cloak, 
I will be healed. And she experiences the power of the Lord in that moment. And John Stott, who writes one of the commentaries on Acts, he was explaining that the handkerchiefs and the aprons, they wouldn't have been like um, ceremonial handkerchiefs or ceremonial like aprons or nice fancy things straight out of the packet. The reason it would have been handkerchiefs and aprons would be that's what Paul was wearing when he was working as a tent maker during the day before he came to preach in the, in the lecture hall. So these would have been like sweat-drenched handkerchiefs straight off Paul's head and like sweaty aprons that were maybe a bit smelly that he'd had on all day. But the result was when people took the stuff that was in proximity to Paul, the power of the Lord went with them and people were healed. And so I guess what we can take from that is like the power of the Lord is not limited to our bodies. The power of the Lord transcends like the touch of us and it goes beyond us. But the important thing is that the power of the Lord brought full physical and spiritual freedom for people. How amazing is that? Where we film Catalyst Live each Sunday morning in this building, it's a very secure building. And in the place where we uh, film the live bit, you have to use a key card to get in because all the doors are on big, strong magnetic locks. It's like big blocks of steel at the top of the bottom of the door. And then um, a magnet that's really strong clicks into it. And if you try and push that door or force it in any way, it doesn't work because the magnet is just on and holding it. And there's not really anything that you can do to pull the door apart unless you have one of these little key cards. These are like little tiny bits of plastic. But what happens when you touch that little bit of plastic off of one of the, the, the door code things is that the door immediately springs open. The power in that moment completely dissipates. The magnet has no hold or control and the door is opened. And it's a bit similar to what we're seeing in this passage here. When the power of the Lord arrives in a situation healing immediately happens. Evil spirits immediately leave. Like one little touch from the power of the Lord, one little touch of his presence brings freedom. And can you imagine like what that would have been like for people? Like, I don't know about you, but it probably took quite a degree of courage from the people who took the handkerchiefs and the aprons to people, even to just try it in the first place. They're like, okay, maybe just if they could get hold of Paul's head handkerchief and just give it to one of their sick relatives, they might experience healing. Like that takes quite a degree of courage to even go and do that in the first place. But it happens. I was thinking about like, what is the modern day equivalent today of that? Well, I guess it would be like somebody saying, here, take this nurse's outfit and grab a hold of it and you'll be healed. Or take this shirt and tie that my friend has been wearing at his office. He know, he's got the presence of the Lord with him. And if you just touch this shirt or tie, he'll be healed. It took courage and real faith from the people who took them to see people being healed. And why were they able to do that? Well, they'd seen a track record, hadn't they? Over and over again, as Paul and his disciples and the people who were rolling with him had prayed for people, people had been healed and people had been set free from demonic possession. So when they took the handkerchief or the apron, they were full of faith that if they could just get something, Paul had touched into people's hands because he knew the Lord and carried the power of the Lord with him, people would get healed. It takes quite a level of faith, that, doesn't it? And those people's lives must have been radically changed. Can you imagine one minute you're sitting there with a debilitating illness, the next second somebody gives you a, a sweaty handkerchief, and then the moments after that, you've experienced full freedom from the illness that you were suffering? Like, 
you wouldn't just be able to go about your normal day after that. That would bring some questions, wouldn't it? Like, how did this happen? And why did this happen? And what does this mean for my life moving forwards? And so a great, a great question for us to ask ourselves this morning is this. Do we see ourselves as freedom carriers? Do we see ourselves as people who carry the manifest presence and power of the Lord into situations we walk into? I wonder what would look different in our lives if every time we entered a room, our first thought wasn't, oh, I wonder if I know anyone here. But our first thought was, I wonder if Jesus wants to do something here. We carry the presence of the Lord where we go. And the enemy recognized it. They recognized it and even the handkerchiefs that Paul had touched because they have to leave immediately. You see, when the people try and... Um, invoke the Lord's name in the next part of the passage, the evil spirit that they're coming up against says like, I know Paul and I know Jesus. I don't know you. But he recognizes the power that comes with Jesus. Real power, power that he cannot stand in the way of. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we walk into the room, the game changes. And so, what do we need to do this morning to be filled? We need to ask the Lord to fill us afresh. What spaces and places might he be calling us into this week as carriers of his freedom? Because people encounter freedom when they encounter the power of the Lord. And we are people who carry the presence of the Lord with us wherever we go. So that's the first thing. The second thing is this. We find freedom with Jesus. It's only in relationship with Jesus where we find freedom the guys in the next part of the passage discover really quickly that the Lord's name is not something you can just fling out like a, like a pickup phone and Uno, you can't just produce it from your hand and say, oh, power of the Lord, like, here we go. You have to, you have to move away now anyway. It has to come from relationship. It says, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? And the result of that is that they are overpowered by the evil spirit, isn't it? It says that the man um, overpowered them and beat them up so badly that they ran naked uh, and bleeding from the room. Now, I grew up in Glasgow and I watched many a beating up happen in my childhood and teenage years, but I never saw anyone get beaten to the point where they were clothless and bleeding as they left the fight. So this was obviously a vicious attack. They went somewhere that they weren't equipped to because they weren't in relationship with Jesus. The difference being Paul... And his disciples were in relationship with Jesus. And so when they came into the room, the enemy knew exactly who they were and exactly what they were bringing into the room with them. The power and the presence of the Lord and the presence of the Holy Spirit. When I went to university, you maybe know somebody like this, but I had a friend who, if you believed everything that he said, would have been the most connected man in Scotland. He would do things like whenever tea in the park came around, he would say something like, oh, I can totally get us tickets to Tea in the Park because I know the brother of the guy who's providing the portal is for Tea in the Park and he can get us tickets. And we would all believe and be like, great, get us Tea in the Park tickets. And then, of course, there would be a crazy excuse and the Tea in the Park tickets would never arrive. 
Um, and there was always these outlandish stories of like, I knew a brother of a friend, of a sister, of an uncle who did security at a Taylor Swift concert 13 years ago. It was always stuff like that. Uh, and this one time we were going out to a nightclub uh, and we, we, it was a really popular nightclub in the centre of Glasgow and there was always a massive queue to get into it. And we were like, oh man, do we want to go here? It's going to take us ages. And this guy piped up and he was like, guys, I know the chief bouncer at this nightclub. Like I'll just phone him up and I'll get him to put us on the guest list. Now, I don't know why we believed him. I think probably just more out of hope than anything else. But we were like, brilliant, let's do that. So rather than arrive at 10 o'clock and queue to get in, we arrived at quarter to 11. Just the taxi dropped us right at the door. We got out like celebrities. We walked up to the front door and we were like, hey, we're on the guest list. Ben put us on the guest list. Um, and the bouncer goes, who's Ben? And we were like, you know, Ben, the, the head of security here. And he goes, Ben's not the head of security here. And we're like, oh, maybe we've got his name wrong. Like, you know, and eventually we get to the point where this guy just doesn't exist. He's, not, he's a made up person. And we have to walk the whole way back through the queue of people that we've just almost tried to celebrity walk past. And they're all laughing and mocking us as we head to the back of the queue. And we have to wait the full amount of time to get into the club. You see, it turned out you need to know the person to get through the door. In the same way here, we need to know Jesus to bring his power into situations. If we're going to be freedom carriers, we need to know the one who brings freedom. You see, Jesus died on the cross for us. He gave his life so that we could be free from the shackles of sin and shame and guilt and all the other bad choices that we might make. He died so that we could experience freedom. But if we don't know Jesus, then we don't know the freedom. The, the guys in this passage tried to take a shortcut and they discovered really quickly, you can't, you can't do it. There is no freedom without Jesus. And so I guess a great question for us to ask today is like, do we know Jesus? Like, do we really know Jesus? Not just know of him. Do we have a relationship with Jesus? Are we taking time in our week to read the Bible and to pray and to worship and to welcome him in? Is he getting the best of our time? It's so easy and life goes at such a pace to just go Sunday to Sunday without really connecting with Jesus in between. But my encouragement to us today is if we want to be people who bring the power of the Lord into the situations we find ourselves in, then we need to know the one who gave us freedom in the first place. We've heard through this whole book of Acts that proximity to the Lord, proximity to Jesus, proximity to the Holy Spirit is where these game-changing moments come from. And it's where we experience freedom ourselves too. We're constantly coming back to the Lord asking him to renew and refresh and redeem and bring new life to the places that are difficult and dark, turbulent. We find freedom in Jesus, only Jesus. The thing about that is that sometimes because we're freedom carriers, we can be waiting for this kind of audible voice of the Lord moment before we'll ever pray for somebody or be generous to someone. And so it's, it becomes a really easy excuse for us to not do anything. We're like, oh, I've not quite, not quite heard from the Lord. I've not quite heard specifically what that thing is. But I think when you read the pages of the Bible, it's really hard to make an argument for not praying for everyone. <laughs> 
It's really hard to make an argument for not being generous to anyone that we find in front of us. It's really hard to make an argument because anywhere Jesus went and anywhere his disciples went and anywhere the early church went, there was prayer, there was worship, there was um, miraculous outpourings of power. There was generosity, eye-watering generosity, like people selling their houses generosity. And as they did that, the result was that more and more people came to know Jesus. So where are we going to carry freedom this week? And how are we going to invest in our relationship with Jesus even more? You know, one great way to do that, if you're part of the life of our church, you'll know that our fresh connect group season is just starting just now. And we, we just think connect groups are the best way of encouraging us in our walk with Jesus. It's a chance to hang out with people once a week. You can do that online or in person. If you're part of one of our sites, you can go to your sites page and see it. If you're part of the online community, there's online connect groups that are happening here. But we just really encourage you, like, don't miss an opportunity to hang out with a bunch of people. Be encouraged and challenged. Open the word of the Lord together and pray for one another each week. What a step forward that would be if that's not something you're currently doing. We need to know Jesus to know freedom. And finally, we find freedom when we purify our hearts. Off the back of this moment, when these guys who don't really know Jesus are beaten up, comes this incredible, holy sweet moment where a bunch of people are like oh like spiritual power is a thing and I want to make sure that I'm on the right side of this spiritual power and not on the dark side of this spiritual power and so these two groups of people emerge one group of people who come and follow Jesus and they just start emptying their hearts of all the rubbish that they've done it says, many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they'd done. They just have this sweet, holy moment where they're like, I just want all the darkness and junk of my life just out in the light. I don't want it to hold me back anymore. And then there's this other group of people who'd been investing in sorcery. They were like, that was their way of trying to get power. They'd been investing in, in, in dark spiritual, dark powers. And, and in this moment, they just bring all their sorcery uh, scrolls and put them in a big pile and set them on fire. It's like this holy moment where they just purify their hearts, like a, a sanctification moment where they just say like, nothing but Jesus. I don't want anything but Jesus. The unholy is burned and left behind at the foot of the cross. And they pick up holiness and purity to walk forward with. And there is freedom in that moment for them. Um, I don't know about you, I quite like an adventure every now and again. Uh, and one of the things that I've done a few times in my life is walk the West Highland Way. Maybe in the chat you can say if you've ever walked the West Highland Way, but it's, an, it's a sort of 90 mile walk from Glasgow to Fort William. And I've done it three times in my life. The first time I ever did it, I did it as a teenager. Um, and I found it so easy. It was not, not like the easiest thing I've ever done, but as a teenager, I was full of energy. I was probably about four stone lighter than I am just now. And uh, I did it with my uncles and some of my cousins. And it was just like quite a pleasant experience. I then went back and did it again as a student. Uh, and I had one of the most horrendous experiences of walking that I've ever had. I had blisters. Every part of my body was sore. I was demoralized. I didn't want to go on any further. Now, you may be wondering, like, what happened in between those two times? Why was one so good and one so bad? And let me tell you, the answer is this. 
money. When I was a teenager, I did it on my dad's bank balance. He paid for hotel rooms for us. And the most important thing was that we paid for our bags to be carried from one place to another. So the big rucksack that had all of our like supplies for the week in it, a man turned up in a van each morning and took that from the start of the walk to the next part. And we just got it at the end of the day. So I was just walking along, really lovely wee backpack on my back. The second time as a student, on my own budget, student budget, no money, we carried our backpacks and our tents and our food for the week and everything. And I was so sore pulling this stuff up hills and through these rocky terrains, my feet were in pieces and it was just a horrible experience. Here's the thing. The journey was much easier when I wasn't carrying a bunch of stuff that I didn't need to carry. And I think that's what we see here. Our journey with Jesus is much easier when we're able to put down the stuff that we don't need to be carrying with us. See, in life, we pick up stuff. We pick up anger from situations that don't go our way. We pick up fear and guilt from bad choices that we've made. We pick up anxiety from the situations we find ourselves in. And suddenly, before we know it, we're carrying these huge bundles of stuff that not only distract us from Jesus, but that make each step we take hard and difficult. But what we see in this passage is that we have moments where we can put it all down and give it to the Lord and experience the freedom that he can, only he can bring. I love the, the story of the sorcerers who are burning their scrolls here. 50,000 drachmas. You might be wondering like, what is that? It's probably the equivalent to 136 years of an average wage in the UK right now. 136 years worth of wages. This wasn't a light thing that they did. They burned a lot of money on that pile. But I think the reason they burned it was because they never wanted to return to it ever again. They permanently got rid of the darkness and permanently invited in the light. And there's this bunch of people who bring just the darkness of their hearts towards the Lord in a really sweet way. They just confess just the deepest, darkest, most rubbish parts of themselves. And the Lord takes it and they find freedom. And what's the result of it? In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. When people witnessed this holy moment, they were like, man, I need some of that. People don't need perfect Christians. They need real followers of Jesus who are willing to put the rubbish down and allow Jesus to pick up our difficulty and carry us in the hard moments. People just need to see real people following a real saviour. I love this quote from Duncan Campbell who was right at the heart of the Hebridean revival. He said this, when sin exerts itself and we know its power and by its power we are held in bondage, surely... Our dire need is for God to deal with the cause, a sinful heart. And I just think that's what we see here. People bring their sinful hearts towards Jesus and he just brings a freedom that only he could orchestrate. Salvation, freedom, power in this holy moment. And so I guess a great question that we should ask ourselves is, is there anything holding me back from Jesus today? What are the scrolls that I need to burn I don't know how you burn a Netflix account or a YouTube app, but what if those are the things that are holding us back from Jesus today or we've got just unresolved anger rattling about in there, like let's bring it to him afresh and say, Jesus, this is in here. 
would you take it from me? D.L. Moody, um, famous preacher and evangelist, he said this, I firmly believe that the moment our hearts are emptied of selfishness and ambition and self-seeking and everything that is contrary to God's law, the Holy Spirit will come and fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and conceit and ambition and believe uh, and self-seeking pleasure in the world, there's no room for the Spirit of God. I also believe that many a person is praying to God to fill them when they're already filled with something else. Before we pray that God would fill us, I believe we ought to pray that he would empty us. There must be an emptying before there can be a filling. And when the heart is turned upside down and everything that's contrary to God is turned out, then the spirit of the Lord will come. I love that. What does it look like for us to just empty our hearts out this morning of anything that is not Jesus and to welcome in everything that he has for us? I'd love to just pray for a moment as we finish and just invite the Lord to come into that moment. And where you are, you can receive the Holy Spirit this morning. You can put your hands out and ask the Lord to come. His promise is his presence with us. So we'll just do that just now. Holy Spirit, would you come? And Lord, we bring our hearts to you afresh this morning, Lord, and we just empty them out like a piggy bank full of change, Lord. And anything that's not supposed to be in there, Lord, would you help us just empty out at the foot of your cross just now? We want to be purified and holy. We want to be freedom bringers. Those who carry your power and your presence in a way that when we walk in the room the years that the enemy has had a hold on people are gone in an instant because your power is there so empty us lord so that we can be filled come holy spirit